We want better schools. We want them now. Stand in our way, and you'll catch these eight black hands with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecky, and Stewart. Join us now for an hour or more of talk on education and culture. Fellas, good evening. Good evening. Good evening, brother. I was I was wondering if you was like if you changed your mind on hosting it. <laughs> no, it no, no. <laughs> good evening, man. How you doing? Yeah, doing well. Good to see y'all. Good to see y'all. Want to just do a quick whip around, check in, check in with everybody. Let's start off with you, Doc. Yeah, man. It's actually sucked. Uh, it's just a lot of people that I care about and people that I care about whom who's close to them just just died, bro. Just had mm-hmm. two people. And I don't know if this is a result of COVID. They said it wasn't, but two people that don't know each other with blood clots. I don't know if that if that's COVID related or the the the, the, the vaccine related or anything. But I want to check. And then uh, one of my best friends, man, his 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 wife's nephew, uh, little kid, uh, just just got hit by a car and passed away. So it's on my page. If anybody wants to go over there and support, the good thing is I I love the Fred Hampton movie and was, and was really proud. Um, and looking forward to conversations about it. And and my my black man's book club and this group, these are these two places are giving me these are the only folks that I've wanted to like talk to or be social with. So mm-hmm. I appreciate it. And, and y'all, y'all doing way more for me tonight than I'm gonna be doing for y'all. Hey, listen, so part of self-care is uh Hillary Beard told us was finding things that you enjoy, you know, and making sure you, you find time and space. So my condolences, our condolences, and um, you know. Uh, to you, the community, as well as the families of those who've, uh, you know, um, you know, passed on. Appreciate that, man. Ray Tovin, what you got? <laughs> Bro, um, I'm blessed, man. You know, uh, I'm here kicking it. Shout out to the Cure Podcast, man. They we did a see him. We see him. It was pretty amazing. Uh, so shout out to those boys. Um, yeah, man, we're just here kicking it, man. I missed y'all this week. Uh, looking forward to interacting tonight. Good stuff. Good stuff. Chris Stewart. Um, it's it's the lover's day. It's the day of love. So, you know, <laughs> for those of you who got one or don't this got day, one. This is the day that boy was executed, right? We're trying to sneak around with somebody's daughter, right? And right. So you always got to go with the with the real story, right? We're not trying to live the real story. We're trying to just like live the, the fake story. So it's been a good day. And uh, I woke up. It's a Sunday. I woke up. Um, I'm blessed. I have shelter. I have food. I have water. My family's good. Um, so I always like to to keep it keep it there. Keep perspective on things. And then you know it was uh, Valentine's Day, which to be very honest with y'all, I'm getting sick. The days, the holidays, and and days where you buy stuff and cards, and <laughs> you know where you have to go. You know, this feels very much like a invented holiday, except for it gives you a minute to st- to slow down and and think about what kind of family you're building, uh, how appreciative you are to have love in your life and have a family and and have a team, people who uh, who are building something together. So that's what that's that's it, man. I'm good. That's what's up, man. It sounds like you're saying love is real, even if the holiday ain't. You know what I mean? So that, that's I what's up. I couldn't put any better. The holiday <laughs> is fake as hell, but the, the love is real. The love is real. Love yeah. it. That's a, that's a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, man. I mean, on that same note, you know, um, you know, it's a, like the duality of man, right? Like we 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 buried my uh, my grandmother, my paternal grandmother uh, yesterday. 
And tomorrow is my daughter's seventh birthday, right? And so it's like, it's always like, you know, merging between two different worlds and all of it is part of, you know, um, life. And, you know, the end is never really the end. So we just, you know, continue to take these lessons and learn and pour that love back into, you know, um, ourselves and the next generation. But, you know, really excited about, you know, this evening, you know, this, uh, you know, Principal Dr. Salom Thomas L. We got two docs on the show tonight and the third one in, in the wings. Coming, he's right? coming. You know, um, you know, so I, you know, Doc's been a teacher, a educator since, you know, 1987. So way, you know, back in the day, old school, old head. Uh, and when I first started I was teaching. four years old. <laughs> you were four? Listen. When I when I uh, became a teacher and principal, he was one of the brothers that people said, hell, you need to go meet him. You need to go check him out. You know, so visited his school as one of the places, you know, to learn from. Learned that he had that passion for chess, same way that I did and my brothers did, my family did growing up. You know, his, so he, his students have gone on to win eight national chess championships. Uh, you know, they'd be walking through the airport with these trophies. People are like, what you do? You play ball, what do you do? Football, they're like, we chess players, you know? So they be wiping the field of them. You know, he's been on the Dr. Oz show. He's a, you know, national bestseller with, with several books. You know, one of them, Will Smith was supposed to play him back in the day. So we can, we might be able to talk a little bit about that a, a little bit later. Um, written several books. He's been on NPR radio, C-SPAN, you know, several of the, uh, you know, uh, circuit, so to speak, where people have asked him to share his knowledge, share his experience. You know, he has a doctorate from Wilmington University in Delaware, has attended school in England at Cambridge and received the Marcus Foster Award. Those mm. who, you know, uh, are not okay. familiar with Dr. Marcus Foster, you know, check him out. So that's a very historic figure, both here as well as California. Um, and yeah, and, and Principal L has also been on, you know, uh, the Oprah Winfrey show and, uh, you know, giving that kind of, you know, uh, feedback to the, to that network. And, you know, I remember, you know, when these things were happening over and over and over again, but people were always saying like, you know what, he's grounded though. He might, you know, we, we talk about edu celebrities a lot, principal L, but you one of those folks that stayed, that stayed, remained grounded. And so we're definitely want to hear about that because that feedback can be given to a lot of folks who, uh, you know, are in that space, but good to you know welcome you to the show. Hey, Appreciate hey, you Reef, coming. Reef, you, Reef, real, real quick, weren't you on Oprah too? <laughs> I was, but this is a different program. We ain't talking about today's Principal L's day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, yeah. no, I was only on Oprah radio. She put his face on the TV screen. <laughs> well, listen, man, Oprah, you fucking on me like that? <laughs> listen, Why listen. Know you was on Oprah? I didn't know that. There ain't no biggie. Ray, Ray, Ray was not not uh, authorized to say that, or you know, on the show. It's more like, than most of the world, though. Authorized. It's all good. It's all good. But you know, but but again, you know, this is one of my mentors, and I, I told y'all the story. We'll get into it a little bit later. When I was in deep, you know. Uh, trouble as a principal and this this brother stood up but you know we talk about like being at risk you know for your brotherhood having um, organized and moving together as a collective you know he exemplified that you know and i've never forgotten that but uh welcome principal l 
Philly's finest. North Philly's finest. You know, North North Philly, man. We just lost John Cheney, who uh, you know was uh, the basketball coach. R.I.P. Coach. R.I.P. Coach. Yeah, at um, Simon Gratz, where I went to high school. Um, But many, many legends come out of North Philly. But you know what I what I want to say to you, bro, is that you know I'm still in the game. I'm I'm 34 years deep. And uh, and I'm 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 honored. I wake up every day with determination. Go to bed every night with satisfaction. And part of it is knowing that brothers like you are still doing that work and trying to encourage other brothers. We got to get more brothers in this profession, you know, and quickly, because um, as you know, I, you know, our young men are struggling. Our children are struggling, you know. Period. But we got to But they that doesn't happen if they don't see you. So the fact that the fact that they see you lets them know that they can be you. So um, I'm honored that you would even invite me to come and be in this space, uh, you know, with Sharif and um, and and you good brothers, because I know he's, uh, you know, Sharif is the king. He's the king everywhere he goes. He, every You know, you go swear with him. They don't even know who I am. Like they blow by me and go right to Sharif. Stop, stop. <laughs> I'm just saying, should, should we all just add L to our name? Like, is that how you get invited to Oprah? I'm trying to figure it out. Is that the secret? <laughs> Come on, Chris L. Stewart and Ray, Ray, Ray L. Ankrum. Let's go. Or Ankrum L. You can do it both ways. Let's go. We own it. Okay. Listen, listen. Man. Let's let's get into the show. Let's get into the show. We um, you know, Malcolm, X, Malcolm X did add that L to his name, though. I'm just saying, right? <laughs> listen. So one of the things that we talked about, and, and it kind of builds off of what you uh, opened up with, Principal L, um, you know, this idea of the honor to serve our children, right? Like when people talk about our children, a lot of times they're talking about like, oh, it's missionary work, it's charity, it's uh, all these negative perceptions, it's, it's a job at the at best, it's a whole lot of other things at, at worst, um, and how we, the when we, I noticed when we talk about children, whatever setting we're in, we're talking about the honor to teach and lead black children. And so I, w- I want us to go around the horn and talk about that. Why is it an honor to teach and lead black children? You're talking about like recruiting people. They got to come with the right mindset, right? They got to come with the, with the right worldview, right perspective of the children, the, these black children and the communities that send them. Why has it been an honor for you, Principal L? And then we'll just go around the horn and, and get uh, other folks' perspective. I mean, it, it, it's an honor because, you know, th- those children, they, they make that choice to be in our presence. They can go anywhere they want, but they choose to be in our presence. See that choose to stay that's on your shirt? That's the choice that those that those children make on, on a daily basis. And we make that same choice. You know, this, you know, people often you say, well, you know, educators, teachers, you know, that's all they can do. No. We can do so many things, but because we want the honor of being in the presence of those children, we choose this profession. That's why, you know, I I tell my students often that we love you before we ever meet you. It doesn't matter what you say or do. Nothing's going to change that because it is an honor for you to give me the opportunity to impact your life. And when I see these young people, you know, Sharif, you know, you see these young people 10, 20, 20, 30 years later. And they say, hey, you know, I appreciate you made a difference. You, you know, you were influencing my life. And I turn around and say, no, thank you for giving me the opportunity to be able to impact you and um, and influence you. So um, it's an honor because it's a blessing to be able to bless others. And we need people. You talked about recruiting. We need people who want to be blessers, not stressors. Mm-hmm. That, that's the first question in the interview, right? We Are you a blesser or a stressor? So I'm going to pass the mic on that one. 
Yeah. Anchor, what you got? You you still leading a schools, uh, group of schools, principals, teachers. You know, why why has it been an honor for you? Bro, so my goal in life is uh is to eradicate generational poverty. And I think one of the most important things for me is that I don't want I didn't want I don't want any of my students to grow up the way that I did. And so if I have a formula that's gonna get students on a path to change their family narrative, then it's my it's my honor and my duty to kind of express those things that work for me to see if they can work for, for other people. And, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily, it, it doesn't start with the students. It starts with talking with the families. And so, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of times we don't really check in with these families to find out, you know, exactly what they want and exactly what role they want to play in, in their kids' lives. And we leave it just solely up to the educator in order to do that. But, you know, my stance these days is that you can't have a conversation with a child without talking to that child's parent because that child parent is the expert of that child. So that's my energy. Cool, cool, cool. Cole, what you got? Uh, I mean, I'm not a traditional educator in that sense. I've worked in districts and schools, but, you know, my career trajectory came through being a social worker. And I think there's a lot of ways you can be an educator or have that type of effect. And so just the honor when I was a social worker is that people invite you to their homes. And um, and I remember dealing with social workers and none of them looked like me and it was very judgmental people. And there's just not a lot of black male social workers. So mm-hmm. uh, for me, you know, I was able to have a really big impact because I got access to more cases and more people. And, my, you know, me being there, my numbers just looked a lot different than, than, than I would say my counterparts. And that's no no shade against them. But I grew up in that type of environment. So I think it's a blessing anytime you get to be a reflection of where you are. I think I was more so chosen than what I than me choosing. Though. I mean, I'm gonna just be real with you. I've said this before. I love basketball more than I love people. If I had a chance and an option, right? Like I and I a, jump, a better jump shot. Go ahead. Hey, brother, I mean, whenever, whenever you want to work, but, I saw but, your little video. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. But, but you know, whenever he, I, brother, I was ranked in California, B. But um, but I, I, I but I, I think that you know, it's a, it's a blessing and it's an honor, man. You can choose to destroy. You can choose to build. And that that's a really personal decision that you got to like answer for later on. So um, I think that all for all of us, all five of us on this call has been blessed to be able to add some value and make a living doing it. Like that's we don't talk about that enough, man. It's so many people <laughs> in the world that don't get paid to do what they love. So if you got a position where you can do that, you better drop to your knees and thank whoever you pray to, because the majority of the world can't do that. Mm. Yeah. And that blessing continues through your work with the energy converters. Right. It's still working with youth. Right. And I'm sure you look at that as a as a, you know, a blessing as well. Chris, I've heard you say many times and you tweet out, you know, most morning something about, you know, those who are serving children, you're doing God's work, you know, like, you know, be blessed, you know, Mm -hmm. make God shine his light and light your path all at the same time. Right. So talk (laughs) talk a little bit about that. Mm Why do you why do you send that message to educators so frequently? Well, one, just to remind people that you are doing God's work. Right. Like Mm -hmm. like um, one of my deepest prayers that I've had for years is just God, please put me in the position so that I can be an instrument of your will and let me know that I'm rightly related to you in the in the work that I'm doing. Um, And if you are 
teaching kids, you're changing lives, especially marginalized children. Mm -hmm. uh, if you are, are breaking down the barriers to their success, breaking down the, the, the chains that, that, that chain them and the cages that cage them or whatnot. I do. I really do think that that's God's work, but not everybody's called to do it. Number one, I don't know if it's an honor, but I do know it's your duty and it's your responsibility for any people that know that they're not free yet. It is your duty to make yourself free. And the revolution lives within children. Mm -hmm. So if you are working with children, you are unlocking the future of your freedom uh, in doing so. So I don't know 100 percent about it is an honor. I'm sure the folks who are doing it are honored by it, but they are the, they are instruments of God's will uh, in the work that they're doing. And I think it's if you can do it, then I do think it's your duty and your responsibility to do it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I agree with you. I, th I think it's something, you know, deeply spiritual about teaching. I think, you know, from the, you know, from various scriptures, you know, every prophet was a teacher of some sort. They were educators, right? Like they were trying to make sure that they were supporting uh, their people in the generation and in the world. And, and you know, for me, the, I, th I think the honor is one being you know, particularly if you look at leadership as this kind of servant leadership, I think it with that, you know, pushes you to really, you know, honor the space to really understand how deep, you know, uh, the connections go, how if it's work is, is, you know, perpetual, it just continues that ripple can continue to, you know, to, to build through. And I think the, the I, I guess the, the part of honor for me, not, not only with, with looking at it as God's work, but when you see that, you know, parents find, you know, fit you into their aspirations for their children mm. or parents include you in their goals, you know, like, man, like that's that's such a weighty responsibility. It's humbling. And but it's also energized, like it emboldens you, you know, because if you, if you feel like, you know what, the parents, we're on the same page and we're partnering. I feel like I'm serving them and they believe in you. Like, you know, that's that's where your fearlessness uh, comes. <laughs> that's where your boldness comes and say, oh, no, I'm I'm, I'm here for families. You know, I'm well, here Sharif, for their children. Well, well, Sharif, when you when you serve children, you are honoring God mm. because, you know, he who welcomes my children welcomes me. Mm -hmm. so, so when we so so the, it's an honor. It's an honor for us to even be in the position to, to be able to do that. But also we know that we're only here today because of some adult, you know, who decided to make that sacrifice mm -hmm. and pour into us so that we can do the same thing for, you know, for, um, you know, for our young people. So I, I appreciate the authenticity of every response because they all were, you know, were different, but all, you know, sort of saying the same thing that we, we have a, a responsibility, especially, you know, when we talk about, you know, making sure that our, our parents understand, you know, their roles, making sure that they're getting the support but they need to parents need to know that we're real and that we're there for them. And like you say, when they when they allow us into that space, when they come to you and say to you, listen, I need you to handle this board because he won't listen to me. But every time I say your name, then he straightens up. Right. That's that's a show of respect. And it's an honor for somebody to be able to say that they trust you to be able, because discipline is a form of love. So when they trust you to be able to discipline their children, they, they, they know that you love them. So I, I'm. You know, clearly already I'm learning a lot being there, you know, and, and that's one of my goals, you know, with my school. And I know we're going to talk about what we need to do in schools, but we need to develop learning communities, not teaching communities. Mm. We want to learn from one another, be open about it 
and then be willing to share that with uh you know with other folks. So you know it's it's an honor to be here, you know, with you brothers. But you know, clearly um our children are blessed to to, to have the educate that they have, especially at this time right now, because they're doing all that they can in the middle of a pandemic. So mm-hmm. that I, I truly pray for educators every day. Every day. Hey, I, I, I I you blessed <laughs> yeah. to have I, I was gonna say you blessed to have good educators. You can you can be cursed by some people too. And oh, some soul snatches. It's some it's some soul snatches. <laughs> And I just want to be very clear, <laughs> like, you know what I yeah, mean? And I well, know you probably deal with that, Ray. I didn't mean to cut you off, brother. You was probably going in a similar hey, direction. So. I, I was, but I wasn't. Hey, Principal L, it sounds like you just did a, a commercial against Teachers Pay Teachers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not trying. No, I'm not trying. <laughs> You're like, don't drag me in that. <laughs> no, no, no. But yeah, we're not, yeah, but, but, but let me be clear. You know, I'm not saying that every educator, but I, 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 you know, I'm speaking about the educators because I've had something I had to tell. If you can't hack it, you need to get your jacket, right? You got to be clear and upfront and honest about that uh, uh, early on because if not, you're sentencing some children to right. struggle for, you know, for years. So, uh, so I, don't, I don't think that everybody should get to just call themselves educators. If, if, if you're in a classroom and nobody's learning, you're not an educator. No. And you're I not disavow, a teacher. I disavow from that statement. I you disavow can disavow from you that can statement. Disavow oh, wait, wait, wait. You want, you know, Mr. Wait, bobbing, wait. And, bobbing and weaving. You can bob and weave all you want. Listen, if you are in a classroom, from that statement. if you are walking in a classroom every day, and there are 30 people or more who are not learning and not benefiting and not gaining any ground. You can call yourself an educator all you want. I could call myself uh, uh, Sidney Poitier if I want to, but I'm not going to ever be Sidney Poitier. And, and to teach, to be an educator means somebody is becoming educated and someone is being taught to be a teacher. Someone is something is being gained. And and I think we allow people the freedom let me just bottom line what y'all were going with to the conversation with this anyways. Not everybody is a teacher just because you're teaching or you, you, you got the title or just because you're in a classroom. There are there is a good percentage of the teacher workforce that has no business being there. Right. Yep. And I don't know who's going to call it out, but there is a good percentage of the workforce that shouldn't be there. So here's what I want to say about that. Here's what I'm going to say about that. Right. So, like, I agree that not every educator probably should be in the building, but then that falls on the principal and that falls on the people that are hiring these educators. Right. So like if you come to a realization that this person is not doing what's in the best interest of kids, then it's your job as the building leader to get that person out of the building and get that person out of the way of, of, of kids that they're not contributing to I, the learning before, process. Ray, but what's their job then? Like what's whose job? If so, you know, if you know that you garbage, yeah. And, and, and so you you get to keep you have no responsibility because the principal hasn't uh, got you out of there yet or because the district hasn't gotten you out of there yet. So so there's a there's an accountability measure that, that comes into play here, man. It's like you can't just go. You're not going to just be able to go. And especially once a teacher's tenure, because like from what I've seen and I'm just yeah, speaking yeah. from solely my experience is that once te- teachers work, they, they butts off in order to get tenure. But once the, once that process happens, they lose the hunger that they once had that got them to the place of tenure. Mm-hmm. And so the goal for the principal is how do you keep them motivated to stay and have that fire in their belly to continue to motivate kids the way that they were pre, um, you know, the way that they were pre becoming tenured. Mm. 
I mean, the only thing I would say about that, and I think that's actually an interesting debate and we should probably play around in there. But the one thing I would say, as somebody who worked in a traditional district, it ain't really easy to get rid of teachers. It's, it's actually, it's kind of hell. And, and, and I've seen teachers tell a principal, I'm not going nowhere. So right. you, you, you can call my rep and we can have that out or, you you know, and in New York, y'all the ones who put me up on rubber rooms. So I'm just saying, like, and, but here, and here's the thing, because people like to listen to our show and listen to generalities. Well, we are, what, what I'm hearing people say is like, look, if you in there doing your job and busting your butt, absolutely, right? But if you, if, if, if nobody is teaching, if there is nothing of substance being passed on, again, the whole show is about, it should be an honor to teach our kids. And I think that's the segue is like, who is worthy? And, and that's what we need, the way we need to start thinking about it. Our kids are not lucky because you got them as a, they got you as a teacher. You are lucky because you have them as a student. And that's what I'm talking about, agency and community agency. That's what I'm talking about. You work for us. This is our school. These are our kids. You have to fit a certain bill to be here and be with these kids. And if you don't fit that bill, you got to go. And I think that if we if our community did that the way I see rich and privileged communities do that, I think things will look a lot different. But our people got to know what quality is first. And that's a whole different can of worms that we need to open and talk through. Yeah. I mean, we, 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 we saw that. We we um, real quick we we saw mm-hmm. that man when we did when we did the show on the uh the nice the mean black parents like we saw like mm-hmm. from that whole five series thing about just like how white parents can come in and command where their kids go to school command where that building is built and like all these other things and then not only can they command it they can not send their kids there and then send their kids to wherever they can afford to do. I mean, like we just don't have the luxury as as, as black folks and brown folks mm-hmm. to be able to do that and make those kinds of decisions. But we need to talk about that agency, like Charles always talks about. We need, definitely need to have that conversation. So, Principal, I want to bring you back in. Um, you know, with this issue, right? Like we talk particularly around like the mindset of an educator, like it, and the effectiveness of an educator. We, we know it's technical, it's difficult, and generally it takes about three years to kind of really hone your craft, but it doesn't mean that kids should be suffering the first three years, right? Like, and what didn't come up so far is who's teaching the teachers, right? Like, you know, it it can't just be principals once they receive, you know, 15 people that they're trying to develop. Like, yes, they, that's part of their job, but who taught the teacher, right? Who, who led them before they arrived in front of our, our children's classroom. But I would love for you to, uh, you know, try to weave that in along with sharing the messages that you provide, not only as a leader at, at your school, talk a little bit about your school, but also like the general me- message that you're trying to convey about the mindset of effective educators. Like who do we need and what do we need them to do? Right. We, 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 we need, we need educators. We need teachers. And, you know, and, and the points of brothers made were great because if, if the kids didn't learn it, did you really teach it? I mean, that has to be the end game. You know, um, that has to be the bottom line. So we need we need teachers who understand that when when they believe that a child can be successful, that, that child eventually believes that they can be successful. But we, but we want to build resilient children. So that doesn't mean that child has to always see success because building resilient children is not about teaching them how to be successful. It's about teaching them how to respond when they're not successful. You see adults right now who do not know how to respond when they don't get their way, when they don't win something, when they, when, 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 when it doesn't work out for them, they don't know how to respond. That begins, they learned that when they were children. 
So we need adults who are comfortable with un- with saying to children, especially children of color, black and brown children, that you are brilliant, that that your 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 legacy, your your family's legacy didn't begin during slavery, that you come from brilliant people from from, from civilizations who 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 built who built the world. Educators need to understand that those children that are in front of us are going to become those adults and that we have to also understand and believe that those children, that that intelligence crosses all racial lines, all gender lines. So when an adult walks in immediately, you know, the first thing I ask them is, is it important for a child to like you or respect you? Mm. You can ask any teacher who's interviewed for me. What question did, did he, because I need to know whether you want those children, because when you want them to respect you, you're going to challenge them on a daily basis. And we, You know, anybody's worked in a school will tell you, we get called all kind of names, but I let somebody try to do something to you and see what these children will do for you. They will go to the mat for you because they know, because they respect you. You know, they, they'll slip up and call you mom or dad by mistake. You know, one of them, one little kindergarten called me grandpa, pop pop one day. I suspended him for about 30 days. <laughs> but, but, but we need educators who respect our children, who understand that they come from greatness and who know that they need to experience two things every day in school, rigor and joy, that they need to be challenged, but they need to love coming to school. They, school should be fun. Children should wake up in the morning running. We, I have children who miss the school bus and call school or call myself, call another teacher and say, listen, I missed the bus. Somebody got to come get me because I'm not missing school. That's what we want. That's what we need. Parents and children that are knocking the doors down to get into school instead of knocking the doors down to get out. And I think that's where we have to start. Adults who come in with the mindset, the belief system that our children, no matter if you have experience, teachers who didn't believe in you because that bias is there, whether it's implicit or explicit, it's there. But when you come in my room, you're a king or you're a queen. You will be successful. I will do anything that I need to help you become successful. And that's what we need in our schools. And, and, and no, we don't have we don't have you know every teacher who's a great teacher, every teacher who's where they need to be. But we know every parent is not where they need to be. You know, every every um every doctor is not where they need to be. Every so we have that in our professions. The problem for us is my belief is in this profession. There's no room for mistakes. When you're on that airplane, you don't want to know about that pilot that's struggling. You want that pilot that's able to get you where you need to go. And my children need those teachers who say, listen, I'm here for you no matter what. And and, and Sharif, you talked about pre-service programs. Who's teaching the teachers? What are they learning? Because these principals, being a principal, and I've been a principal 22 years. Being a principal is like riding a bike while the bike is on fire. But you're also trying to help everybody else in the building stay calm. So, you know, we the principals need that support in supporting those and supporting those teachers. But the principals, the principal's most important job is to help those teachers improve their practice. Mm. The principal is the prime facilitative culture in the school building. And that culture should be one where every adult in that school believes that children are can be successful and they work hard to make sure they do. But we got to start paying these teachers. We can get on that another one. 
But I know about teachers pay teachers, but we need districts pay teachers. We need to pay. Now we ask the teachers to put their lives on the line, to go inside of schools where we know there's no ventilation and all these other issues. We need to make sure that we're taking care of these folks because they are holding our babies and their futures, you know, in, um, uh, in their hands and they, and, they, and they need a support. Now, I don't know about everybody else, but I know a whole bunch of teachers who sacrifice a whole lot. And Sharif, no, when we worked in Philly, we spent our own money on school supplies, fixed our classrooms up. We bought, we did whatever we needed to do because we cared, because our ch- our parents raised us right. And, and we need to get back to that. We need, and to sum it up, we need those old school teachers. That's what we need. Those <laughs> old school teachers who, um, you know, the old ladies who weren't scared of anybody, like, like them, you know, the Annie Maxes. That's mm. what we need. Yes. You know, speaking of that, you know, we've been doing this series of uh, Black Educators Hall of Fame, you know, uh, and we've just been, you know, uh, pumping out. And some of the stuff that these, you know, sisters and brothers were doing, as Chris always says, with a lot less than what we have, (laughs) you know, a lot less support, a lot less resources, a lot less space, a lot I mean, it's just astounding. You know, you read it and you're just like inspired and, and, you know, also just like, wow, those are the shoulders that I get to stand and lean on. And I got to step my game up because these people were having midnight school in Mississippi. Like, oh, can't nobody find. I'm going to educate 11 at a time, teach you how to read at great risk to all of us. Right. And then next group, you know, come on in or, or starting schools and being these activists. But, you know, one of the things I want to you know, you, you mentioned a couple of times, like. Uh, parents or people who poured into you, you bring your, you talk about your mom a lot, uh, Principal L. And I want each, everybody to talk about like a person who poured into them and like whose shoulder do you stand or lean on, you know, as you do this work today? You want one other brother? Yeah. Doesn't matter. Race, go ahead, Yeah. So, um, first I want to touch on, on, on what Principal L said about, about teachers getting paid. Uh, Principal Al, I could not agree with you more. Uh, teachers definitely need to get paid uh, in terms of the work that they do. We need Riverside also, budgets to do that, though, bro. We all then, need Riverside then, budgets. Bro, I'm in Riverhead. I don't even Riverhead, know what Riverside is. <laughs> it's a river. <laughs> Whether it's a head or the side. But, but, but with money comes responsibility and expectations, right? So, like, you know, we need to be able to tie whatever money that we're giving the teachers, we need to be able to tie that to accountability to make sure kids are learning. Man, and so, you know, talk my, about accountability. Hey, listen, hey, listen, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to give you the bank, then we need to talk about, you know, we need to talk about what comes with it, right? And so, uh, the person that I stand, I stand on two people. I stand on my my, my mom and, and her brother, my uncle, well, all of my uncles, actually, because, you know, when my grandmother died, my grandmother raised me. So when my grandmother died, my uncles pretty much like took me in and raised me um, and taught me everything what not to do as a parent. But I still shout them out because, you know, they still played a part in my life. Um, so, you know, I definitely stand on, on, on their shoulders in terms of where I am now. So shout out to them. Hmm. Dr. Cole, who poured into you? What made you want to, you know, ensure agency of, of our children and communities was... <laughs> first and foremost in your work man honestly i say i was i was angry man i like my grandmother raised me until she passed away and both my parents struggled with addiction was in and out of jail so and my grandmother remember i remember her just telling me like you got everything you need you need to look up to yourself and and she just was always big on that and i just 
I don't know, man. I was just determined that I would not live the same type of life that my parents lived. I, 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 I mean, it's not what we should be saying on these type of shows, but the truth is uh, hate fueled a lot. Uh, disdain for like my circumstance where I was at. Why, why shouldn't we be saying that? Why, that's your truth. Why well, shouldn't just, we be saying that? I'm just, I'm just saying, man. I, I think. I mean, if I'm just being really honest, right? Like, like the the annoyance, and then cable TV fueled a lot of that. So when you poor and you just got local TV and everybody talk like you and sound like you, but when I started seeing Saved by the Bell and these other shows and what these other kids was getting, I said, Oh no. No, no, I'm never, I'm never coming back to this again. And I just, my grandmother just was always like, look, if you work, you can outwork people. Like somebody always going to be cuter. Somebody going to always be faster, have more connections, but you control how you work. And so I think for me, um, it was just being able to see that. And then when I went to all those different schools and I started to like, I didn't have a language, but I was like, this is not quality. Like, you know, what you saying, um, you know, I went to the same elementary school as Huey P. Newton went to. And in his book, he starts it off by saying, basically, I would never send my kid to these schools. They built their own schools. Like, I didn't have a choice at that point. And I learned, even in my research, it ain't just the schoolhouse. The schoolhouse is one place. And if you're blessed enough to have a, a Principal L or a Sharif or a Ray, God bless you, right? God bless you if you can. But there's other institutions. So, like, my church, whatever, that the Black religious institutions... That's where I learned how to speak. That's where I learned how to lead. That's where I got discipline from, all that stuff. Um, the other thing, the other place that did a lot for me, man, was my boys club and, and coaches. Basketball coaches poured so much into me and taught me what it meant to be a man and stuff. A lot of my stuff didn't come from schools. And I, I kind of get tired for teachers getting all the credit for like how when we show up OK, we love to. We always find a teacher that did something good with one kid. So I got two teachers that did really good. Mr. Brown is a legend to me. But let's talk about the 45 teachers that did not see my excellence, that did not see my brilliance, that called me a future thug, that just kicked kids out of class because they wanted to, that showed movies. And when I became an adult and found out why teachers really were showing movies, I got even more hot. So all I'm saying is uh, <laughs> I, just, I just feel like we constantly be patting people on the back. And we're in a pandemic. It's a lot of people that's struggling, man. It's a lot of people that got to get their ass up and go outside and go to work. I'm so sick of hearing this, bro. And I know that we need to take care of our people. I'm not wishing nobody no death sentences, but it's families right now where they got to lead a kid, go out to the supermarket, go drive for Uber, go do uh, Uber Eats and caviar. And, and they got to still work. You know what I'm saying? And they, I, I just, I want us all to be safe, but sometimes you just got to do what you got to do, man. Sorry. <laughs> I wasn't trying to bring it down, but I just wanted to be able to tell the truth on that. Cause like, this is the only profession that we go. We always been over backwards to be like, you great. You great. You do this great. You do this good. We don't do that to firefighters. We don't, we don't, we don't do that when people run into buildings and they be like, man, it was really hot in that kitchen. Yeah. You signed up to be a firefighter. So if you signed up to be an educator in an urban district where the reading level is at a seven percentile, like seven kids, seven percent of kids can read. Yeah. It's shit going to be hard. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what you signed up for. And, and I, that's, that's, that's just my own thing. So I'm gonna stop there because I'll keep going. That need, to, that need to be everybody's thing. <laughs> you got seven percent of kids. You got seven percent of kids that are that, that are reading on grade level, and grade level well, is just we got schools in Oakland where it's less than that. But we grade level was just grade level was bare minimum. Like you should be reading above grade level. Like grade level is not the not the place where you want to be. 
Listen, you no, know, we, because, we because, just, because the schools I've been in is your if the kid can't read, is something wrong with them parents and something wrong with that kid in the neighborhood. But when you got those three kids that's killing it and was gonna kill it without you, now you just super educator, man. And I I just you can't be both. If you're gonna take credit for the small percentage of those kids, then I need you to grab all those kids. But if you don't and you reject that, then I'm gonna reject you. And and I'm just saying, and I've seen and this kids. Is, this is, this is where it like gets on my nerves. The like the you know the, the the poor martyred teacher who spends money out of their own purse to buy the blah 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 the narrative. Listen, I can't remember a single good teacher. So I realize that some of y'all had these great school experiences where you went to school and it was like one of the movies or some shit, and you had some figure in the school who pulled you aside and said something amazing to you that changed your whole life or whatnot. I, that's a different movie than I had, right? My 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 parents are brilliant. My aunts, uncles, and cousins are brilliant. They all contributed to parts of my learning outside of school that made me a learner. So my 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 way of looking at learning versus looking at schooling are two totally different things, right? I don't look at them as the same thing because uh, I went through lots of schools where it was expected that a good portion uh, of the kids weren't going to do well in life. It was just and and kids are stupid. They know when you don't think that they're going to do well in life. Now, when I hear Dr. Charles Cole say that there is a school where seven percent of the kids are reading proficiently and that has not just gone on one year, but two years, 10 years, five years, five decades, however long. uh, And you know what those numbers mean. Right. You know that 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 means a good part of the human capital of Oakland is going down the tubes. Right. And you know what they look like, they sound like and what culture they come from. And it's okay with everybody and a mayor and a city council and everybody else can go about their business of building condos and shit while they have in their own city these mass production failure factories that are color coded. And turning out one. And then here's my favorite part. This is where I started with the with the teachers, that, the narrative that inf- infantilizes teachers. Oh, there's just so, you know, sisters of mercy. They're just so hardworking, blah, blah, blah. Why are they arguing for less face to face teaching time during a pandemic when black children are falling behind? If they are so amazing and so wonderful and so awesome, why in Los Angeles did they try and argue for less than an hour? Of of instructional time, less than an hour and a half, I should say. Because Because they can, and 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 for the audience, it's virtual. He's talking about virtual. I'm talking about virtual. I'm talking about robbing, foreclosing on the black mind during a pandemic. That's what I'm talking about. So I can't deal and trade in these kind of. Uh, uh, naive stories about the wonderful teacher who, who's just, you know, just feels so much blah, blah, blah. She loves you so much. Because you know what? When they collect together as an occupation, they form a thing called a union. And that union, that when they form together as an occupation, goes to make demands that are not in, on, uh, not in our best interest. It is not in our best interest in Oakland or Los Angeles for Black children to get less than an hour and a half of instructional time during a pandemic when they're falling behind already. Right. Bro, that's so pick a team. That's so pick a team. What you're saying is nationwide. Like, I, I don't think that I don't think that unions operate in the best interest of black and brown kids. I will say that here mm-hmm. right now. Right. But what I will say is that's not their job to do that. It's their job to advocate. It's, their job is to advocate for teachers and they do a damn good job at doing that. And so if uh, the goal of folks in Oakland and Los Angeles for teachers to be able to say, you know what, I don't want to teach. I only want to teach one hour a day virtually. And the system accepts that. 
then the union did an amazing job for those teachers. They did their job. And to be real, the system doesn't really have a choice. If we're talking, I was on the school board. So what I can tell you as a school board member, looking at it from a business perspective, they put you in a no win situation. They're going to get what they want a lot of the time. And, and there's no counterbalancing force in the community. We don't have community standards for the type of schools that we will demand and want. We don't have community standards for the type of people we want standing before our kids. How many times in a week in any of you brothers, I'll throw it out to you in the last week or two weeks, have you seen something on TikTok or social media somewhere, a teacher teaching a lesson right. about how to, how to whip <laughs> slaves better <laughs> or some crap like that. Right. <laughs> right. To asking our kids to, 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 to write an essay on how we could do slavery better or something like that. Right. Hey, Chris, I, I got one question for you. Cause you just said a lot, man. And there's a lot to unpack with what you said. So my question to you is if, those if, if if it's a charter school with seven percent proficiency, right? Because we always hear this talk. We always hear this talk about there is no accountability for charter schools. They just do whatever the hell they want. If charter school, if any charter school in the country had seven percent proficiency, what would happen to that school? To that charter school? Yes. Oh yeah, they wouldn't last. I I, I mean, honestly, there there's some crappy charter schools in this in this Absolutely, country. Yeah. Yes. Definitely some, but um, I've seen I, I've seen them, I've seen charter schools close, and I've seen yes. district district schools be immortal. Yes, like district schools like <laughs> go through five six generations. You know, you know, they got they there are district schools that started failing kids when Lyndon B Johnson was president, and they're still open. You know. But, and, and the same people working in those schools will tell you we need to shut down charter schools. Anyway, I did well, my venting tonight. I know some of y'all you know, on the money. inside, though. I'm gonna bring, I want to bring yeah. Principal Allen, but I, I'll, I will say this. You know, one of the things that, you know, we used to talk about at, at Mastery, which were turnaround schools, which, you know, a lot of these schools, as you described, Chris, for generations were struggling. It's like the how, you know, and to play off uh, – Cole's reference with the firemen, like we literally would look at ourselves as that because the house was on fire. The schoolhouse was on fire and and kids aspirations, parental goals, communities, uh, futures were burning in flames and people were just like, well, you know, we need more money before we can put the fire out. Right. Like and not saying we don't. We do. And. You know, that dirty A word that y'all talked about a lot, you know, that whole accountability piece, you know, like we can't shun that. And I, I don't think that's the unions should be the union's job. I remember when I was a teacher in the union was asked to become a leader of the union. And I ended up they were they were telling me to do things that I was like, that's not supportive of kids. And I just refused to do it. So I don't buy the notion that because you're in the union, you have to sign on to the madness. Right. Because that didn't that doesn't always happen. And we need more people to stand up for kids, no matter wh whether you're organized or not. Like, that's ridiculous. If you're organized. Yes. Yeah, so we want to make sure. And I think part of it is also to blame for, you know, people who have who are sitting in leadership seats, but have no leadership. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it, you should be able to deal justly with people without having all of the, the other nonsense, you know, but uh, I want to bring Principal L back in here, you know, to, you know, talk about some re respond, reflect, what's your reaction to, you know, some of the concerns and issues that were brought up um, as, as, you know, uh, educated in three decades that were in various sectors, you know, um, both traditional as well as, you know, uh, turnaround as well as, as charter. 
Well, what 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 I'm hearing from the brothers, I mean, is 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 what you hear out in the community. The school belongs to the community. What I will um what I will push back on is that is it, it hears that much of the experiences that they're speaking about in terms of their relationship with teachers is when they were young. What I would challenge them to do is, uh, and of course, once the pandemic is over, is going to some of the schools and see, some, Sharif, you know, you work with these teachers. Listen, I, I pray for them all, all the time because they haven't experienced dope teachers. You know what I mean? So I pray for them. I just got working in a district. I worked in a superintendent's office in my district that I went to. Like, I see, I still coach and support educators, like, in their right. classrooms. Right. And I'm listen, and I'm not discounting that. But what I'm telling you right now, I, I've, I've visited schools and school districts in 46 different states in the United States, Nigeria, Canada, the Caribbean, England. I see black teachers doing great work. Right. I see white teachers doing great work. Is it every one of them? No. Do we need more? Yes. But I'm going to tell you right now, if we think we're going to get teachers to join this profession, if we sit here and not, you know, and not highlight the ones that are doing it, brother, I'm telling you right now, we're going to be, our children are going to be, and see, we already have our education. Our children still have to get it. So we, what we have to do is say, listen, and my mom taught me this on, you know, we talked about who had an impact on you. My mother raised my single mom, six boys from South Carolina, moved to New York city, then Philly. But what she taught me was she said, in any situation you're in, you got to eat the fish. You got to spit out the bones. And she said, you may not like it where you are, but you got to make it better where you are. Now, my, my experience is not your experience, but I'm telling you right now, as somebody who's been in the trenches for over 30 years, the overwhelming majority of teachers that now I can't speak about people I haven't worked with. I'm talking about people that I have worked with, people in my networks on social media, people who are out there in the community. They are grinding for our kids. These principals, these teachers are grinding. And, and, and I understand the example of the fireman gets paid to do that. But you know what? That fireman gets called for a fire. He turns on a siren when he goes to the fire. Teachers go in every day waiting for that fire and got to fight that fire in front of 24, 30, sometimes 40 kids in the classroom. They're trying to fight a fire all day long. And it's not call engine two, call engine three, call engine four. They're fighting and fighting. And then they don't get any overtime. So I, I understand the, the, the struggle of trying to get folks in to do what we need to do. But I'm telling you right now, I would not be here today if not for teachers who felt that they were honored, who bent over backwards to make sure that I did. And I wasn't the easiest child to work with. Listen, my mother never had a driver's license, never had a car. Those teachers made sure that I got there. That's no made up story. That's no fairy tale. This is what these teachers are out here doing. You know, folks have been, and I'm not speaking about one or 10 exceptional teachers. It's thousands of them out there who are doing it. And if we don't lift them up, we're going to be left to start our own school. And, and, and sadly, Black folks ain't, 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 ain't in that position right now, ain't even tried to do it. So we need to get ready to do it because these folks are giving their all, losing their families, struggling. And we and, and, and we have to make sure that although we point out what's wrong, we got to make sure we highlight what's right. We can't just admire the problem. 
We well, got to. So, so I want to. So respectfully, let's have this conversation. Let's do it mm-hmm. because Bro. I wouldn't be here without them teachers. I'd probably be even further if we're gonna keep it all the way real. Again, real, some of those people I, are I so crushers. And again, I give credit to those good teachers. But when I tell you that I got two to four that were great out of the 40, 50 plus, that's an issue. And when you get our babies every single day and we're talking about a system, we're talking about a system where any city I go to and there's black people there, I already know who's going to be the lowest on reading. That's a problem. And if you are a professional and I love, listen, if you dope it, I was a social worker. There were some burnt out social workers that I've worked with before and they asked if needed to go. That's like right. it, and and all I'm saying is as a professional, right? I also have the I, I'm blessed to be able to work in a hospital with doctors and nurses, man. And the job is hard. Whatever you end up choosing to do, I went into houses where parents was cracked out, and I took babies out, and the mom wasn't even conscious of what was happening. So they not the only. I just the, this is the issue that I think people have, Principal L, is that we we talk and infantilize teachers so much and do so much patent. And then you get mad when they're not getting te- they're not getting treated like the professionals that they are. When you are a professional, people give you feedback. People get on your head. People got things to say about you. And it's difficult. And so those teachers that's doing a great job, I love and respect and have a whole swath of, 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 of just honor for. And, and we do that. I, we honor teachers on here all the time. But when you talk about a profession that's 80 percent white, mostly mostly women. And like if we did that to anybody else's race, anybody else's people, and it was mostly black teachers, mostly black women, it would not be stood for. And that shit would be burned down. I didn't have a principal L. I didn't have a Sharif L. Mecki. I had to actually get my shit out the mud and go and get encouragement in other places, man. From school? You telling me I'm going to be a dope dealer in school? Like, that's what you telling me? You know what I'm saying? So all I'm saying is, you a professional, man. And, and I respect you as a professional. The same way you can criticize us on this show, you can criticize me as a business owner, you can criticize me as a social worker, as a teach, as, as, a, as a firefighter, whatever. This thing, why is this the only, this seems to be the only just profession you can't touch or say nothing about. And when I ask you what's the measure of success and what does it look like to be a good teacher, you pass laws so I can't even go visit your class as a teacher. In Oakland, you can't even visit teachers in the first few months. You can't even, a principal can't walk into his own teacher's classroom and give feedback? Come on, man. You know what? No, I don't think that's what I don't think that I don't think that's what he's saying. I don't think that that's, that's what, that's what I, I, no, I'm not, no, but I understand where the brothers come. Trust me, because here's the thing. We if that's happening, then we're doing kids a disservice. So much that, that can't be that that can't that can't happen. And we and we have to there has to be a way to fight against that. We got to be able to fight against that. And we know there are barriers up there are barriers there to that. And those things are put in place for a reason. Right. And we know what the reasons are. But we've got to find a way to dismantle that because that's institutional and it's long and it's longstanding. The, the only the only the only point I'm going to make and I, I'm going to turn it over to you, Ray, is that I also believe that we can't be of the mindset because I, I'm hearing a lot that these teachers weren't great. We we watch sports. We watch sports faithfully where every player is not great. And you right? can cut. We, we hold up these great. Every teacher is not going to be great. But they but get I, cut. They get, they get or you or you get developed. You either get cut uh, or you get you got, developed. You got a lot of bums in the NBA. Stop, stop, stop. Bums? Wait, wait, wait. Tell me one coach. Tell me one coach that wants to take a job where he can't pick his team. Tell me one coach where where someone where the league is going to say the league is going to say. Listen, I'm just going to give you some players you have to take. 
and you're going to work with them no matter what. And the ones that are the worst are the ones that are going to get the most mouthy with you. Oh, by the way, and you're not going to be able to do anything with them because they're going to look you in your face and tell you I'm a bum and I'm going to be here and I'm going to stay here. No coach in the NBA wants to deal with that. But here's what I'm listening. This is what I'm hearing through some of this conversation, because I just watched what Dr. Cole said and I watched what you said, Principal L. And to me, what it sounds like is this always happens to me. I never pay attention to it, though. People who went through the good the, the school system and had a good experience often go back into working in those systems. And they're some of the biggest boosters for it. Some of the people that had some uh, had good teachers and had great teachers are ones that will defend teachers to no end. What we don't do not pay enough attention to is the number of people that went through the schools and had terrible experiences and had terrible experiences with teachers and didn't have that one teacher that did the thing for them and blah, blah, blah. And also had teachers, by the way, like Miss Grace, who I've mentioned on this show before, who started started classes with uh, you are some of the most ignorant Negroes I've ever taught in my life and was one prone to say, I got mine. You got to get yours. Was on some real <laughs> class based, class based <laughs> respectability politics BS for a whole classroom of people year after year after year after year after year. Right. So I can understand when I talk to people who had a good experience, who have good things to say. And I can understand when people have had a bad experience having wanting to be more real about the bad experiences that go down in the schools. And sometimes they talk right past each other. But I'm here to tell you, I didn't have a single good teacher. Right. In all my years in school, I do not have one teacher I can remember, like who did anything positive in my life and taught me anything that I still use today. My biggest teacher that made me want to become a more educated adult was my firstborn son. Right. That was my biggest teacher in life because that made me want to then give myself an education and start becoming more educated. But when I hear people have all these like, you know, teachers are grinding so hard, they're working so hard, blah, blah, blah. Listen, I was a school board member in a district where a good percentage of the teachers by good. I mean, the majority probably should not have been teaching children of color should not have been teaching black children who needed the best possible teachers. And they could not have had that district on more lock than any group of people I know. So I'm happy to hear these great experiences that other people have. I'm happy to hear about these teachers that are grinding it out, doing heroic work and they're networked together and they're working together. Man, but I've visited a lot of schools too. I went through a lot of schools and in in 30 years of being a parent, I've gone through a lot of teachers. So I've seen a lot of things. And I've also been on a school board and have visited schools as an adult working with parents who are having a bad experience in those schools, right? And I can tell you there are some great schools and I can tell you there's some mediocre schools and then there's some schools that should just be closed, right? They should just be closed down. And I can tell you who's in that last group of schools, who's in there more than in that first group of schools, Mm. right? It's color coded. It's uh, economically coded who gets in which ones of those schools, and we're at the short end. And you, know, and you know how we change that is we become teachers. The best way for me to ensure that my child had a good teacher was for me to become one. See, that that's the question that we all need to ask. Right. If we see the problem, what's the solution? Because here's the thing. Like you say, I agree with you. The majority of the children who is in these school are in these schools that are struggling the children who look like us. But the issue is how many of the people from our community made the decision to go in and change that. 
See, that's, that's what, that's what, that's what that's you want to do, though, right? What, what, I mean, what if I just love astrophysics? And what if I just want to be a physicist? Like, what if, what if like, I, I want to follow my heart and do that thing that I love over here? Or well, maybe I want to coach, right? Or, or you know, and, and Professor, and, and Principal, I just want to just say, like, I, I have super respect for you, man. Like, amazing respect. I wish I had teachers like Sharif, man. I wish I had a father that was as agentic as Ray who got his kid two grades ahead. And I wish I had a principal that spoke the way that you spoke. But I went to 11 elementary schools, man. I went to 11, yo, yeah. in Chicago, in Kentucky, and in Oakland, and in Hayward, man. And kids couldn't read. And they was just putting them in special ed, man. They was going to put me in special ed because I had an accent. I stood up and read out loud, and then I'm in a gate program by the end of the week. Wow. That, that is a true story. No, I believe that's your... I'm not discounting your... No, I know you're not. I know you're not. And, 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 and trust me, and we know there are thousands, millions of kids who have had that same experience. So I know where your passion is coming. And they look like us, man. Exactly, exactly. But and and guess what? And, 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 real quick, real quick, real You know who did it? You know who was the teacher? I had mostly black teachers, man. Like, I didn't have a bunch of white teachers. I had mostly black teachers, a whole bunch of black men. I had a whole bunch of... Miss Lloyd wouldn't let kids go to the bathroom in the fourth grade and one of the kids went in the corner and pissed in the plant, man. Like, this is what I'm saying. Like, this... Mm -hmm. like. Kids are being abused in these schools. And if your kids can't read the one thing that you're supposed to be able to do, the one thing and you can't. I love great teachers, bro. I love them. But I just don't feel like I got to sing the praises and, and overcompensate and do all this stuff. We don't do that for nobody. We got nurses. Nurses are dying right now. Nurses. I, I work in a hospital. Nurses are dying. And you know what? Our, we told our nurses, look, we're going to try to work it out. They went to their union and they said, no, we're going to keep working. We want to actually keep, we want to go to New York when the outbreak was crazy in New York. We sent some of our nurses against union stuff and they fought us and said, we want to like, hey, who's doing that for them? That's all I'm saying. And and, and I want to, I just wanted to, I didn't want you to feel like I was being disrespectful, brother. I, no, I, no, no, no. Listen, man, we need, because here's the thing tonight, we need to decide that we're going to start a revolution. We need to build our own school system. And we go. Mm, okay. We go. Okay. Man, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. We got yeah. the right yeah. right here. That's Listen, right. I, when, when I was in the run it, and Ray can run it for. <laughs> when uh, I was in the, when uh, I was in the had me up until that point. All right. <laughs> Yo, All right. Listen, hey, listen. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be a show if this guy, the light skinned guy up top, didn't take a shot at the great one. <laughs> and, <laughs> I, I, I would get suspended from your school, Ray. <laughs> All the time. All the time. He loves you, bro. He loves you. When I was in the when I was in the classroom man I didn't I, I didn't want I didn't want any shout outs from my administrators I wanted to come in every day and do the work that I needed to do in order to get my kids where they needed to be I didn't need any accolades I didn't need any of that because that's not why I was there I was there to make sure that my kids had the opportunities that I never had and so you know I agree with everything with mostly everything that everybody's saying but like teachers shouldn't need a pat on the back in order to do their jobs right because that's what we're there for. I, I think it's something that should be ingrained in you um, as, a, as a teacher. You know, if, if, if the accolades come, then, hey, rock with it, uh, uh, be blessed or whatever. But if they're not there, that shouldn't prevent you from doing what you need to do. You on know a what, day Ray, I, you know, I'm I just say this on that point. Just you and Charles, you are both athletes and have been athletic and competitive. And and Sharif, <laughs> you were martial artist and lived in other countries and stuff like that. When I think about who is being attracted into teaching, it is not you. 
right? It is not mm. like the 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 like like you you play basketball, you don't wait look over at the coach every five minutes looking for accolade. Like, right. oh, that was a good jump shot. Oh, that was a good <laughs> shot. No, you keep running. You keep running. You're still in the game. The clock is still on. You still ticking. You're not looking for the. But you know what? I don't think any of y'all gonna be honest about who's being attracted into teaching right now is a very needy kind of you don't have to be honest about this the data is there like it's right there charles just said it earlier about who the majority of teachers are we ain't gotta say it that's it's true. there that's true it's, it, it, uh, it's not y'all though it's it, it's it's not the folks who have had to do some hard things without a bunch of like you know trophies like hey, oh here's your trophy you made a shot you know no no, 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 no. And again, I think with Principal L, I would love you to jump in on this point. Maybe I'm missing a piece of this where you're saying like, it's not about just constant accolades, but it is also about no one's going to want to do the job if they think they're going to be crapped on the whole time. Right. Like if, if you're just going to beat up on me, no one wants to be on that coach's team Absolutely. either. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, I think a big part. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, no, L. no. Yeah, nobody does. And, and you want to and you also want to make sure you praise what's praiseworthy. It's a lot of kids in special education right now because folks didn't have high expectations for them. They mm. didn't believe, they didn't want to challenge. Mm. So they when they didn't do the kind of work and they knew they could, they went on to say, yo, you know, that's great. Instead of saying, giving them that authentic feedback. Mm. But, but you know, the, the issue, you know, for us here tonight is that we, we have to understand that we, we know we have, we, we, there are major issues in our school system. Mm-hmm. And no matter what we do, we're going, you know, it, it hurt me to hear that brother say that he had black teachers. And, and, mm-hmm. and but it's his truth, though, that he had black men that he felt that didn't care for him and, did, and didn't push him. And that, that's happening for children. We've got to find a way to change that. Um, now I, don't, I don't have the solutions, but I, but I do know that when we, when we, when we come together, and we build for ourselves that we, that we 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 find success. Now, does that mean we're going to still need we're going to need these teachers that are out here because folks are not lining up to teach. Folks are not lining up to do this work. No matter what we say about the teachers that are in this profession, people are not lining up to do it. Um, so the working conditions are tough. The pay is tough. So, you know, we're going to have to find a way to retrain people. And that's why, you know, when I get folks. Before I start talking about getting rid of them, I try to develop them. Yes. You know, I try to, I, try to yes. do yeah, I take them out in the community, visit a laundromat, take them to the project, see, see where they're coming from. So, you know, when they come to you, what, what they work, like the brother said earlier, the school belongs to the community, right? We need to be serving the community. So when you see that community, you meet these parents, parents don't keep their good kids home. They send us what they have, right? For us to be able to educate, you know, these children. But um, but we 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 there's some huge changes that need to be made. The the the, the question for us is going to be when are we going to have the courage to 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 make the decision to do what we need to do and start really working because we we're the only people that ask other folks to educate their children. Mm-hmm. So we have to decide if this is what this is what we're going to do, and if so, we need to start planning. We need to start making some plans. Mm. Yeah. Hey, Principal L, I just want I want to shout you out because you said you ain't had the answers, but you just dropped some gems. <laughs> well, I don't have all of them. I got I got one or two, and 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 um and and I and I, you know I, and I'm going to you know people going to criticize me because I'm out here. I almost lost my job fighting for raises 
for my teachers because you know in the city we get these teachers we give them professional development we have them for a couple of years and then the suburbs or other schools they come in and they grab yes, these sir. teachers and it's yes, just, sir. It's just it's you a know training it's, ground it's right. the students, it's the yes, students teaching they didn't get in college they get it yes, they sir. get it on our watch right yes, and sir. we got to find a way we got to find a way to uh you know not now I'm not saying if they're not doing their job don't pay them don't you know we don't, we don't, every, like the brother said earlier, what coach wants a player that he can't pick his team? Sharif and I went through that for years. Like we, we would go into a school and they would tell us who's working for us. Mm-hmm. Like we had no input. They would show up. I work here now. Who are you? Right. Here's my yellow sheet, yellow piece of paper. I work I have here. No, I have no experience in what they sent me to do, but they sent me here. You know, but mm-hmm. see, I was the kind of principal who said, you got to go back down to central office because you can't work here. That's why the school district fired me. Because I, because I still now I got my job back because I said you don't really want this to be in the media that you know you fired a principal because he's standing up you know for his children but you know I had to but I had the right support also you know to to help me everybody doesn't have that so I don't expect people to have that same courage but the, the you know the idea is we we you know we 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 we're talking about these problems tonight that we've been talking about for decades right. And now it's time for us to start making plans. We got to start talking about how are we going to be supporting? It's a huge issue, but how are we going to start trying to support these children, support these schools, and support these teachers? Because there are teachers in these schools that care, that care, brother. There are not all. We 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 need teachers to do what we need police officers to do. We need the good ones to stand away from the ones that aren't right. And and right now we're having a problem in a lot of professions with there being a code of silence. Um, it's hard to tell the difference between a good teacher and a bad teacher for, for obvious reasons, which is that some of the standards, the way that they get evaluated even doesn't make it easy for you to figure out who's doing the best and who's not. Maybe as a principal, you have a great idea of who that is, but communities don't. Communities don't know when you're a parent and your child's about to go into a classroom in year, a year with one of the lowest rated teachers in your district. You don't have a clue about it. But if, when that teacher's about to get a student that has had some problems in the past, he or she knows everything about that student's background. Right. Have read read that student's file and is ready for a problem. Right. But we don't know it. When we, so what I would say is we need to educate and communicate with our community writ large so that they have more inside information on what really goes down in schools and school districts so that we at least have a clean picture of what's happening. Um, Cause right now some of our own community members get lost in the, they get lost in the, the overly pro teacher rhetoric about we got to pay our teachers more. We got to do this for their teachers underfunded schools, blah, 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 blah. Never stop and ask the question about, uh, whether or not we might be in a bad situation or, and maybe we're picking the wrong team. So, hmm. yeah, look, I, we, I know we're a little over time, so we'd love just to, you know, take the le- next couple of minutes that everybody's just shared their final thoughts. Principal L, we'll let you go last. Um, and, you know, Ray, can you start us off? Absolutely. Final thoughts. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> final thoughts for the night uh, to all the states considering not having standardized testing for the second straight year, check in with the historically disenfranchised communities. The suburbs have private tutors and other resources to help their kids if they fall behind. Our families need this data, even if it's at no consequence to educators in terms of showing growth. We need to know where our kids are. Do not cancel standardized tests. 
writ large. Thank you. Dr. Cole, what you got? Uh, Reef, just, just, you did a great job. Uh, Dr. L, thank you so much for being here. And I'm down. We had this talk, but I'm down to help and do whatever in any kind of way. So, you know, let's roll up our sleeves and do that work. I'm going to just say uh, I did a piece, uh, a video, and there, this is just about COVID. And people just keep saying they represent black folk, black folk. And here's the thing, yo, black folk is not one folk. It's not one person. You have to talk to people. They, I know black people and I know two sets of black people that make around the same amount of money, situ, you know, different sides of the same coin. One of them is like school should have been open last week. I need schools open right now. And some of them is like, look, I'm not I can't send my kid until it's super safe and I'm older and I got big and, and we got, you know, I, I can't do that. My thing is, is that these people that just keep saying that they advocate for black folk, you got to check their credentials and you got to ask them who did they check with? Who did they talk to? Who do they know? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and who, 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 who is going to vouch for you? And here's my thing. And if you don't want to open back schools, and I think that's completely fine, but there's this thing called per pupil funding. And if that's the case, and if I'm one of the people that want my school back open, then give me my money and let me at least have a fighting chance out there on my own. Don't, don't not open and hold me hostage. Don't, don't negotiate for an hour of online learning, like Jamoke said, and 90 minutes of self-care, which happened in Oakland, right? And then, um, you know, and then show up into a meeting and, and go on your Instagram because you in Cabo. Like, all I'm saying is when our kids get failed, the stakes are different. When you black, like our kids die. Like one of my best friends in middle school is dead. He was he's gone. Like he got murdered in between eighth and ninth grade. A bunch of my friends that I went to school with that couldn't read. They're, they're not alive, bro. So all I'm saying is I will I will listen. You killing it. I got all the pats on the back and I got all the love and I'll, I'll give you money in your cash app all day. But the way unions represent for these adults and these teachers, we, our kids need the same type of union and the same type of fervor and people that's ready to fight for them. So that's all I was saying out of respect. Cool. Stuart, what you got? <laughs> uh, first of all, I'm never going to Ray Tovin's school. Uh, just just so anybody knows don't get it confused it's not gonna happen um so here's my bottom line uh where charles left off is where i would start we need to fund families not fund systems especially funding systems that have not worked for us for generations like you know that whole quote that cliche about insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results but we've been sending our kids to the same schools over and over and over again with very little control of what gets taught or how it gets taught or who teaches them with very little choice in the process about where they go to school and you know uh, what they're going to be assigned to and all of that. There's a couple of things that I, I would say to anybody listening to me. Number one is don't take my word for it. Go and look at the research. Do a Google Scholar search on teacher attitudes and beliefs about black children. And what you will find is that the research tells you, not Chris Stewart, but what the research will tell you is that the teachers have very low expectations for children of color. They, um, they do not provide them grade level work even when they qualify for it. They adultify them and see them as older and less innocent than they do with white children, right? I could keep going down the list of a number of things that research tells us that the teachers that we have that we're putting before our kids every day do not warrant all of this bail that we keep shooting them as as teachers. The research is pretty solid on the fact, but because some of you are going to disagree with me and you're still going to push the pro-teacher narrative, this is what I would say. 
Let's not argue about it. I've got three kids in traditional public schools. Give me my per pupil income and let me shop for the teachers and the schools that my kids need and deserve. And let's stop doing this dance where we pretend like we're a democratized education society where we have some pull and, and whatnot. When in actuality, the occupations of teachers collectively have pulled their money together and created these things called unions, which drive and run the entire table. You as a parent, as an individual parent, you've got like, they got you before you even came, right? They got you. If we join together as a collective, like that would be great too, but give me my money. Let me choose. And I'll tell you what a good teacher is and isn't by where I put my child. And then we don't have to argue about all of this, right? Like you can, you can think that booty school down the, down the street from you is amazing. And I can support you in that, but I don't have to put my child in it. And then we're, we're just all better off. Thank you, man. Listen, you know, a lot of a lot of what we speak about and, you know, Chris just, you know, raised the issue again as far as like what the research says. You know, research, research talks about as early as a child, a black child being three and four years old, they experience their child's racial biases, three and four. It doesn't get better from there. <laughs> it gets it gets worse as they get older. And, you know. We've said this a lot. Principal L said this, you know, today, you know, building our own institutions. But not only should we have our own institutions, we should also be training who comes in front of us, who has that mindset that will help our children thrive. Right. It it breaks my heart, too, Principal L. You know, when Cole shares like his experience is so radically different than mine. But also note the kid who shot me, you know, was a seventh grade dropout, you know, and here I was lived not too far from him with a college degree. Right. So a 19 year old and 20 year old, one with a college degree, one seventh grade was the last grade that he finished. Right. And so we know the impact, like either they're going to be killed, you know, or they're going to end up killing somebody. Either way, mm-hmm. being illiterate, being having negative school experiences, you know, so many of, of of our children are are successful in spite of their educational experiences. And for me, like the the path forward is is simple, right? I, I didn't have a lot of the experiences that the brothers talked about, you know, that Ray and and Chris and and Nicole had. You know, I was extremely fortunate, you know, and I didn't realize that as a youth. I just thought this was the norm. It wasn't until I got to high school. I'm like, oh, this is this is radically different than what I experienced. We stood up for our teachers in elementary and middle school, two different continents. We stood up when our teacher came like we stayed in the room. The teachers rotated. And when every new teacher came in, we stood up, right? Like that was the relationship. That was the the honor that that we felt that we had. But it's not just building our institutions. We have to train the people who are coming in front of our children because that whole experience of racialized experience that three and four year olds have, they have it with all the data and many, many, many more data points that Chris just uh, rolled out. And then finally, I just want to thank Principal L, you know, for coming on for you know, sharing his perspective, for uh, for being the leader that he's been for three decades for you know our children, you know someone who d- looks at not only just the school itself and instruction has to be fantastic, but the out of school experiences, you know uh, the chess and and uh, the other things where he looks at the learning from outside. And we didn't get a chance to talk about this, but I did tell the story before where this this is one of the brothers who was organized black principals association of black school administrators. So when I got locked up for protesting the war on my day off, by the way, you know, um, 
and they were trying to railroad me. You know, it was Principal L and and the team, Hildebrand and Leonard Hurd and other black administrators that said, nah, y'all not going to do this to this uh, new principal. Y'all not going to railroad him. And the same way, and I'm bringing this up because the same way that there's a union for teachers, there has to be a union for our children and it has to be organized. So institution building and organizing families, communities and like minded educators. That's that's the road forward. And if we don't, if we're not doing that, we're going to be talking about our grandkids are going to be having the same show, talking about the same things. Mm-hmm. Principal L, we'd love for you to uh, take us out. Well, bro, listen, I just I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I want to I want to thank these brothers for being honest about their experiences and being authentic and not worrying about how anybody else was going to receive it, because we're not going to get anywhere if people are worried about how other people are going to feel. You know, we got to be truthful about what, because the bottom line is results. Anything else is rhetoric, right? Mm-hmm. So this has to be what results are we getting, you know, for, for our children? Our, our children are first, and they deserve better schools. We started this conversation about, you know, it being an honor to be, uh, you know, in front of children. And, and it is. And I think that if we could get more people to understand that, I think we probably we probably would feel a little different about the fact that it, it is an honor. Um, but we've been, t- again, we've been talking about this, you know, for, for years, for decades. We've had the vision. A vision without a plan is a hallucination, right? It's time for us. Um, and I'm not saying that it has to start with you, but I, I, I see it in each of you. You have the fire. You have the ideas. You know, Chris, when you go and put your kids in that school and that school is great, that's going to be wonderful. But their children who have parents that are in prison, their parents, children who have parents that are on drugs, their children who have parents that, that are, are dead. They don't have people to advocate for them to do that. So what we have, we need people who are going to see your model and then be able to, to look out for those kids. When the brother mentioned agency, see, people talk about equity. But see, agency is just as important. You know, kids being able to advocate for themselves and having adults who are going to advocate for them and and build that agency in them. That's going to be one of the most important tools, you know, for our children. So I I appreciate the the, the opportunity to be here, being in the presence of Brother Ray, knowing about all the work that he has done and Sharif and all you brothers. Keep doing it because if we don't bring the word to the people, the people aren't going to be able to wake up. The issue is we need a bigger audience and we need to start making plans to try and change the conditions that our children are in. Our parents deserve, our parents deserve better. We all come from the same communities. Um, and and it, it starts with, um, it starts with each, each of us. Go ahead, bro. Chris, Chris, oh, I gotta, I gotta ask, bro. Uh, first and foremost, Reef, you stole my guest. I reached out to Principal L a couple of weeks back he can say he can he, he can tell you right he, now. He chose he to stay with El Meckies. <laughs> that's, what's on the, that's what's on the back of this door. I chose to stay with El Mecky. You know what I mean? Hey, uh, but Principal L, man, we got we got a we got a show on our network, man. The AOS podcast, some black principals, young black principals, uh, first, second year principals. I would love for you to join them, man. Come on and kick it with them on one of their shows. I can reach out to you to get you information for them. I'll, I'll give him the wrong. I'll give him the wrong number to reach you. I'll be honest. <laughs> I got you. I'll be, I'll be honored to do that, bro. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you all have been listening to a to the hundred and second episode of the mm-hmm. Eight Black Hands, and and you know our model. If you get in the way of educating and educating these children well, you know you can catch these Eight Black Hands, and tonight you could catch. Mm-hmm. 
10 of them, mm. you know, because we, we're standing for, as James Baldwin said, teaching black children is a revolutionary act. But what we believe is the actual revolutionary act is to teach them superbly and hold yourself accountable for their success. Thanks a lot for listening. Mm. We'll see y'all next Sunday. You have been listening to the Eight Black Hands podcast with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecky, and Stewart. If you like what you heard, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at 8BlackHands1. Thank you for listening.